Hi, this is Josh Raymond, and I'm very glad to be able to welcome you to this special hour of The Inner Life. This hour is one of our favorite episodes from this past year. I really hope you enjoy it and that it helps you in your spiritual journey. As always, you can find this episode and all of our past podcasts at our website, relevantradio.com, or on the Relevant Radio app. Thanks for listening, and from all of us here at The Inner Life and at Relevant Radio, we want to wish you a very blessed and Merry Christmas. Well, here we are on a Tuesday, Tuesday of the fourth week of Lent. I'm Josh Raymond. Glad to have you along here today on this hour of The Inner Life. And normally I start off with maybe some sort of story, an anecdote of some sort, or you know, look at something in our contemporary culture that can be applied to some sort of spiritual aspect. Well, today we're in day two of a three-day series that we're going through here on The Inner Life, looking at the Ten Commandments, and I want to get to that as quickly as we can, so we can, we can kind of pick up on where we left off yesterday. And ultimately, we're trying to have this better understanding of the commandments, taking that deeper look, going beyond merely just some sort of surface knowledge of the commands that God gave to Moses. And by doing this, when we have that broader, that fuller grasp of the commandments, this hopefully will give us a better ability to to live them out in our lives. And then this will allow us to know and to love and to serve God better. And one of the things that I do want to emphasize that we discussed on yesterday's show, as we examine the Ten Commandments, as Christians, as Catholics, everything that we look at in the Old Testament, it takes on a richer meaning when we look at it in the light of Christ, in, the, in light of the fact that Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of the law and the prophets. And Jesus, he himself gave us a perfect distillation of the law and these Ten Commandments. When he was asked which commandment was the greatest, he replied that the greatest commandment is to love God with all of your heart, your soul, your strength, and your mind. And he followed this up by saying that the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. And this is the approach that we're taking here as we look at the Ten Commandments. Three days. Yesterday, we looked at the first three commandments. Those have to do with our relationship with God. They were, they're a great starting point for us to, to help us to love God more fully. And today, day two out of three, we want to look at those remaining commandments They give us some insight on how to love our neighbor, our fellow human, in the way that Jesus has called each of us to love one another. And tomorrow we're going to talk more about some of the practical application and some of the ways that maybe we haven't thought about how the Ten Commandments draw us to Christ and draw us to live out our Christian faith. So today, looking at those remaining commandments and how they instruct us on interacting with our fellow human. I also want to mention here before we get into those, though, if you did miss yesterday's show, or maybe you you got to hear a part of it and you'd like to go back and listen to more, you can find that podcast. It's available at our website, relevantradio.com, or you can find it on the Relevant Radio app. Uh, just look for the Inner Life podcast and it'll be there. And joining us once again uh, for all three days, he's going to be here with us. Father Matthew Spencer is here for the hour. He's a priest with the Oblates of St. Joseph, and he is their provincial superior and the shrine director for the Oblates of St. Joseph out of Santa Cruz, California. Father Matthew, Welcome back. Uh, We've got you two days in a row, three days tomorrow, but uh, it's great to talk with you again. 
Oh, thanks, Josh. The pleasure is all mine. Really happy to continue our conversation. Another thing that I thought might be good to maybe recap, you know, we we left off yesterday with kind of a to-be-continued, um, and with all good to-be-continued, uh, you know, shows that you see on television, they do that brief recap at the beginning. One of the things that I think might be good to talk about here before we jump into the commandments themselves, numbers 4 through 10 that we'll be looking at today, all of them except for the first one, the, the fourth that we'll be looking at, All the rest of them start with, thou shalt not, or some variation of that wording, depending on the translation that you're reading. And for people outside of the church looking in at Christianity, there can be this kind of common complaint, and it might just be of religion in general even, not just simply Catholicism or Christianity, but this complaint that the church just gives this big list of things that I can't do or else God's going to punish me. And we talked a little about that yesterday, but it might be good to hit on this idea again that the Ten Commandments, while of course they are rules, they actually are a gateway to allow us to live a life of true freedom. I think we all fall into this trap, Josh. Those who who maybe are outside of a religious uh, belief system and look at, at religion and they think, oh, religion is just to tell you what you can't do. But I think those of us who are also in the pews, sitting down, even embracing our faith, oftentimes fall into the trap of thinking, well, my faith tells me what I can't do, and God's limiting my freedom, limiting what what I can do. When really what God is trying to do is to lead us into a deeper relationship where we find more freedom, where we find more uh, surrender to him. Uh, and yeah, we we touched on that yesterday. The Ten Commandments, as much as as much as we look at them and might imagine that they they restrict our freedom and keep us from maybe doing what what we want to do, really what they do is they protect us from doing what we shouldn't do, what will be harmful and bad for us. And then by by extension, it creates more freedom for us to do the good and to do the right thing. So I think that's a really really important point to make, especially as you point out as we get into the remaining commandments today, and we see a lot of thou shalt not, thou shalt not, and we're going to keep thinking, right. oh, I can't do that, can't do that. Really what God's saying is, don't do that because that won't make you happy. Let me show you a better way that will, in fact, make you happy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember hearing this example, I don't know how many years ago, of a car that's driving on maybe some winding highway in the mountains, and on one side, you know, maybe on the side you're driving on, there's this steep cliff, you know, a big edge that you could just run right off. And if there's some sort of barrier or guardrail there, somebody might try and make an argument and say, well, that's limiting the freedom of the person who's driving. But kind of going back to what you said, the guardrail or that barrier that's there to keep you from going off, well, yeah, you could have ultimate freedom to just drive your car right off the edge of that that mountain, right off that cliff. But that would then end disastrously. Whereas if that guardrail is there to protect us, we actually experience greater freedom to arrive at our final destination and reach it safely. So that, that, that idea of protecting us that you mentioned, I think is so key in understanding that these are, these are that guardrail for us so that we don't fall off, that we don't have uh, meet with really unfortunate circumstances on the road of our spiritual journey. 
Yeah, that's right. I love I love that analogy. And I think it's a it's a mindset that we have to intentionally put into practice. Uh, because if if we're not careful, we will start believing the other what other people tell us. Oh, I can't believe you listen to the church. They're just wanting to keep you in a box or limit what you do. Um, and we have to always uh, make sure that we're seeing things the way that Jesus really intended seeing things, the way that God really designed them to to be those guardrails to keep us from careening over the cliff and falling into into to our death. God wants us to reach the top of the mountain, right, safely and 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 uh, in his grace. Our spiritual director for this hour of The Inner Life, Father Matthew Spencer. And uh, Father, let's jump into the commandments. Commandment number four is where we pick up. Uh, we, we went through one through three yesterday, again, for anybody who's joining us. And today, commandment number four, we've got honor your father and your mother. And one of the things that comes to my mind is we talked about the importance of the order of the commandments, the first commandment that we talked about yesterday, that we should place God as uh, of, of that primary importance in our lives. Because if God isn't the most important thing in our life, then the other commandments that follow, we're not going to live them out as well as we could. Why would we worry about taking God's name in vain? Why would we worry about keeping the Lord's day holy if God isn't of primary importance in our life, you know, so have nothing before God. So in kind of a similar way, when we look at this fourth commandment, honor your father and your mother, this is the first commandment that deals with how we interact with other people. Why is it significant, do you think, that um, the relationship with our parents is listed before any of those other commandments that address how we treat others? It's interesting, Josh. Th- this commandment is is the link between our relationship with God and our relationship with others. Uh, and if if you'll indulge me for a moment, when we when we look back at the rabbinic tradition, uh, different rabbis throughout the centuries have have tried to interpret or given different interpretations of of Exodus and Moses with two tablets coming down from the mountain. And for many uh, for many centuries, rabbis would say, well the one tablet had the first five commandments. Now, we have to be careful here because, of course, as we discussed yesterday, the the, the Jewish faith will, will describe the Ten Commandments in a little different way. And so they will say the first five commandments with the, that fifth one in their numeration being honor thy father and thy mother. And the other tablet would contain the remaining five. There, there are, of course, different uh, uh, rabbinic opinions on this, but that was one opinion. And what they would, what the rabbis would talk about is that it's that last one, honor thy father and thy mother, that would then connect these two tablets, uh, that, w- that would then be the bridge between our relationship with God and our relationship with others. Um, you know, it's interesting to me because the, our, our parents, every single one of us, every single human being that has ever come into existence, uh, barring Adam and Eve, of course, uh, has a father and a mother, a biological father and a mother. It's something that is a universal experience for every single one of us. And we've all been given fathers and mothers that have an authority, a God-given authority over us. It doesn't mean they're perfect. It doesn't mean that they always are going to exercise that authority uh, in the in the best way possible. But it does mean that we owe them respect, we owe them obedience to the extent possible, and we owe them uh, honor and care. And, and that in itself is a is a is a nod to God and to our our honor 
uh, of God and also prepares us to be in right relationship with others. So I, I think this is a beautiful commandment because it it certainly affirms uh, the importance of our father and mother and proper authority in our life, but it also prepares us to to understand why then we have to uh, obey the following commandments that we'll discuss momentarily. Momentarily. Well, and there's also this kind of addendum to this commandment. There's this blessing that's associated with it. You know, honor your father and your mother. But then it continues on that you may have a long life and that you may prosper in the land your, the Lord your God is giving you. Um, can you maybe talk about that blessing? That We don't really see that with any other commandment. It's true. And really, God doesn't owe us anything, right? When, when he tells us to do something, he doesn't, have to, he doesn't have to give us a reward for doing that. <laughs> when God says, you need to obey my commandments, he's God, we're the creatures, there, there, don't, there doesn't have to be any reward. Um, but it, it is fascinating that this is the one commandment, as scripture reminds us, that comes with, with a promise to it, that if we honor our father and our mother then, of course, we will experience the blessings that, that you just mentioned. Um, and that's of course, comes out of God's generosity. It comes out of God's desire that we experience joy in following these commands, in particular, this fourth commandment. Um, uh, of course, Josh, we know that every command comes with rewards, right? When, when, right. We, when we avoid sin, when we are doing the right thing, there, there are many rewards that are not quantified by scripture necessarily. There's peace in our hearts. There's a clean conscience that we experience. There's, there's a joy in aiding those in need. Uh, so every, every commandment of God comes with, comes with its own rewards. But this one in particular is, is very, very clearly given by God to Moses and, and to us to honor our father and our mother. And with that comes great reward, even, even here on earth. Well, and I know, you know, as I mentioned, tomorrow we're going to get into maybe some more of the details of how we can live out the commandments in very specific ways. But I think it might be good to go back to something you said. You know, sometimes our mother or our father might not live up to the true ideal of what they should be in that role as a parent. And, you know, when we think of honoring somebody, I think it's normally because they've done something good or something noble that it does make it easy for us to say nice things about them, to want to esteem them, to give that kind of honor. But if you grew up in a home where you had just a really lousy mom or a dad, or, you know, maybe they were abusive or they were manipulative. Um, if, if you had to get away from that relationship for your own well-being or your own safety, this idea of trying to honor your mother or your father might be really difficult to fulfill. So any thoughts on how you can still honor a parent that is just not a nice person or maybe has hurt you in some very serious or very deep ways? Yeah, sure. And I'm very sorry to say that many people have have strained uh, relationships with their parents because of, of maybe sin, because of past hurts. So it's not uncommon for, for us to see people who, who struggle not, not just to honor their parents and, and to be in good relationship with them, but to even, to even be in their presence. Uh, I, I would say there are lots of ways that we honor our parents. Um, we are obedient to them. And if you, if you remember just a moment ago, I said, when, when, when that's appropriate, right? We're obedient to them when they're exercising their authority in the proper way. 
uh, and that's when we we can be obedient and we honor them. But let's say that we are estranged from them, or maybe they've they've gone to their eternal reward and and we never reconciled to them. How can we continue to honor them? Well, we pray for them first of all. We we desire the best for them in our prayer. Uh, it, this is important. So often, vengefulness will 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 well up from within us and make us desire that others experience the suffering that we had to go through. But to honor our father and our mother is to want the best for them, to recognize the proper authority that God has given to them, and then to to work hard to um, to help them to put that into practice to the extent possible. Talking with Father Matthew Spencer today, day two of our three-day series on the Ten Commandments here on The Inner Life. And also want to open up the phone for your call at 888-914-9149. As we're talking about the remaining commandments here, dealing with a lot of the practical ways that we interact with others, uh, what has helped you to have that better understanding of the Ten Commandments? Maybe one in particular. Uh, maybe it's this one, how to honor your mother and your father. How have you been able to live that out in your life? Maybe if it even has been a challenge at times. Uh, maybe the uh, two last commandments, coveting. Uh, how do you guard against covetousness, against jealousy in your life? Um, not bearing false witness. How have you worked at being a more honest person? resisting that easy temptation to tell a lie or to embellish the truth. You're welcome to call in. Uh, also, invite your questions here to talk with Father Matthew as we discuss the Ten Commandments. 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. Father, commandment number five, you shall not kill. This one seems pretty obvious on the surface, right? This, <laughs> this is one where uh, I think the majority of people listening are probably going to say, yeah, you know, th- this, is, this is never been a very difficult one for me to keep. But I think with the remaining uh, uh, commandments that we have here, we end up having Jesus reference a number of them in the Sermon on the Mount at the beginning of St. Matthew's Gospel. And in this, regarding this one, he ends up saying, you've heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill. And then he comes back and he says, but I say to you, Whoever is angry with his brother, whoever uh, says you fool to his brother, you're going to be guilty. You're going to, he, he says, you'll, you'll have to, you'll be liable to judgment. You'll have to answer to the Sanhedrin. You'll be liable to fiery Gehenna. So anger and words of hatred, Jesus really equates these, puts these on the same level with thou shalt not kill. So can you help us maybe unpack what this really means for our understanding of this commandment. Yeah, you know, any priest listening will know the experience when you're hearing confessions and somebody maybe who's been away from confession for a while comes in, maybe is not not so well prepared and looking for mercy, but not really sure where to start. And they'll say, they'll say something like this. They'll say, well, I haven't killed anybody, so I'm, I'm okay, right? Um, and that's a, that's a relatively common experience. People will, will come in and think, well, I haven't done, I haven't gone against the letter of the law for this, for this particular commandment. So I, I think I'm good. And the problem with that is that as we, as we discussed yesterday, Josh, the commandments given to us uh, certainly, we take them literally, and we we follow them literally. But we also realize that their their implications 
for our actions in other areas of, of our life are, are profound. So certainly we don't kill. Certainly we, we avoid uh, causing bodily harm to our neighbor. But this commandment goes much further than, than just that. It goes, uh, we could discuss um, the, the evil of abortion in our time. We could uh, address the evil of, of even uh, sins against life between husband and wife, sterilization and, and things like this. Uh, even, as, as you point out, Jesus will talk about even anger in our hearts, right, is a form of, of, of almost uh, killing our neighbor. At least it's in the same category of, of sin. Uh, really, I think the, the approach here, Josh, is to realize that to, to obey this commandment, thou shalt not kill, means to have a heart that desires mercy for the other, a heart that desires the best for the other, a heart of love. For those we come into contact with, the most vulnerable, our spouses, our children, our parents and grandparents. Uh, so we, we, uh, we certainly say that, well, euthanasia is wrong, abortion is wrong, uh, murder is wrong. Yeah, all of these are covered by this commandment. But uh, let's face it, I think most of us listening here, I hope, would, would not fall into those, those particular sins. And yet we have to acknowledge and accept that oftentimes we are, we are, quote unquote, killing our neighbor with our words. We're quote unquote, killing our, our, our neighbor with our actions and with our thoughts and how important it is for us to instead cultivate an attitude of mercy and love toward our neighbor instead. Our spiritual director is Father Matthew Spencer and the phone number to call in as we talk today about the Ten Commandments. Phone number for the studio is 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. You can also email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. And we're going to continue talking about the commandments here. Um, maybe there's a question you have about one of the commandments or maybe there's something that's helped you in your understanding, a deeper understanding than just kind of that surface knowledge of one of the commandments and how you've been able to exercise that in your life. 888-914-9149. And we'll continue our conversation in just a moment here. We'll pick up with the sixth commandment coming up next on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Catholic Order of Foresters is proud to sponsor the Relevant Radio studio line. For information about employment opportunities and flexible premium life insurance plans, visit RelevantRadio.com slash Forrester. Welcome back to The Inner Life. I am Josh Raymond, our spiritual director for the hour, Father Matthew Spencer, and we are in the midst of day two of a three-day series looking at the Ten Commandments. Yesterday, we looked at the commandments that deal with how we interact, how we uh, give honor and praise and glory and reverence to God. Today, we're looking at the commandments that deal with how we interact with our fellow human beings. And tomorrow, we're going to try and really look at some of the practical applications of some of these. You know, as we go through each one, we only have limited time here to make sure that we can get through all the different commandments. So tomorrow is going to be even more of an unpacking of them. And uh, also, we'll invite your phone calls, your emails. Maybe you have an email that you'd like to send with a couple of questions, some clarification you're looking for on one of the commandments. You're welcome to send that to us, innerlife at relevantradio.com is the email address. Or you can call in with your questions. 888-914-9149, Father Matthew, looking at commandment number six, 
We've got you shall not, not commit adultery. And in the narrow sense of the understanding of this commandment, adultery, it requires that at least one of the two people who are having sex outside of marriage, one of them at least is going to be married. Otherwise, if neither is married, we're really talking about fornication then at that point. But again, this is something that goes beyond kind of that narrow understanding when we look at what Jesus says about it. And again, this goes right back to the Sermon on the Mount. It's just a couple couple lines after the one we referenced on, you've heard that it you know, was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill. So he says, you've heard it said that you shall not commit adultery. But then he goes on and says, I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So we've got a broader understanding of this that Jesus gives us here. Yeah, that's right. You know, the um, the very prolific atheist writer, uh, Christopher Hitchens, would would criticize the Ten Commandments by saying, well, they, they, they miss a lot of really important commandments, you know, and he would say, why don't, why isn't there a commandment against rape and against sexual abuse and things like this? Uh, and, and of course, that's because he's reading it in, not in the way that the, the Jewish tradition would read, and certainly not in the way the Christian tradition would, would read it, which is that this commandment is not limited to just, uh, the, the act of adultery. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking also, Josh, of, of the fifth grade Salesian uh, elementary and junior high school, uh, class that's listening right now in uh, Coralitas, the Salesian school. I don't know if I told you this, Josh. I, I understand the fifth grade uh, decided to listen to all three days of the Ten Commandments series oh, that excellent. we're doing. Yeah, that's cool. Huh? And, um, and they might look and think, well, this, this sixth commandment, uh, uh, thou shalt not commit adultery, I will never do that, right, at my age. Well, we would say, well, no, no, let's step back and say, this is about living your sexuality and living our own uh, life of purity in a way that is pleasing to God, that leads us to wholeness, and that leads us to to real fulfillment. I, Josh, I love the church's teaching on sexuality because it's so freeing. It's so it helps us to master our desires, our passions. Helps us not to be a slave to our to those desires that that will spring up within us. And this, this sixth commandment is a real reminder to us that while certainly we have to protect marriage and avoid adultery, we also have to avoid, avoid fornication, we have to avoid masturbation, we have to avoid looking at impure things, we have to be very careful about what we watch, we have to be very careful about uh, using speech that's obscene or, or gross, because that will also could, could fall into this category. So a lot of implications for the sixth commandment for all of us. Well, and as you know, you're talking about we have to avoid impure thoughts. Going back to what you said also with you shall not kill, you know, that it's, it's as Jesus gives us insight into a, a better understanding here of these commandments, it's not simply that you can't kill somebody. You can't be harboring those thoughts, those feelings inside yourself, because that makes you just as guilty as what Jesus is saying here. So he said this is the same thing, essentially, with adultery. Everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And so what we're talking about is you can't just simply be chaste, but then live an impure life. Chastity deals with the, the outside, the physical self, and purity deals with that interior, uh, uh, pure 
aspect of living, you have to have both. You can't have one without the other because it just won't work. Yeah, that's right. And I, I would say that, uh, at least in religious life, we talk about chastity as, as much deeper than just, say, being celibate and refraining from certain, you know, sexual acts. We talk about a whole mindset, right? We talk about a whole perspective on the world. I, I think, Josh, one of the hard things about being human beings is that we don't always have perfect control of our thoughts, of our brains. They're off, often wandering into confusing areas, right? We're often remembering maybe things from our past that, that were harmful or sinful. Uh, and so it creates confusion in us and we feel maybe impure when we didn't really have any choice in the matter. It was just our brain remembering things. So chastity is a, is a tough one to, to live because it's not about, it's not about having like a, an inhuman mind where it's always completely controlled like a computer and it never, never does anything wrong that way. But rather it's, it's always whenever, whenever something comes up within us, a, 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 a desire that's disordered or a look that is inappropriate, we're always working to bring it back and say, wait, I'm going to see the beautiful creature here before me. I'm going to see God's plan for us as human beings together. I'm going to master myself and my own desires, and I'm going to, to orient all of that, my life, my actions, even my thoughts. I'm going to orient all of that to God and to glorify him. Let's move on to the seventh commandment here, you shall not steal. Again, this one, I think, seems pretty basic, uh, you know, don't take something that doesn't belong to you. But how do you think we might not realize that we are guilty of stealing, of theft, in maybe some subtle situations or circumstances? Yeah, again, this this commandment, uh, once we start pondering it, can be can be, can, very, can convict us very strongly. Uh, you know, Josh, and we're going to probably talk about this a little more tomorrow. We use sometimes the Ten Commandments as a, a way to examine our conscience as Catholics. We use them and we we start off with the commandment, say, "Thou shalt not steal," and then we examine our lives and we say, "Well, did I steal anything?" Uh, since my last confession, I can think through and think, well, I don't, don't remember uh, it stealing anything off of the grocery store when I came out. But then if we step back and we say, well, was I really being di diligent in my workplace? Was I at the office? Was I putting in the time that, that is due, that is just uh, and right to give to my employer? And then I can step back and say, wait, maybe I wasn't doing that. Maybe there's some theft of, of my time or what, what is justly owed to, to another person. Um, maybe it can also do with whether we're generous towards God and to his, to his church and whether we're really detached from money. Am I paying off my debts? Am I working on, <clears throat> am I working on being just to my own employees, for example? There are lots of different ways where this particular commandment can can be lived out more carefully and i think josh deep down under the seventh commandment of thou shalt not steal is the reminder that we can't be slaves to money we can't be slaves to material possessions if if our happiness is focused on getting things from other people whether it's possessions material things or even my own time uh, then I'm, I'm not going to be happy that way. And God wants us to be generous, to give to others, to be careful with creation and what has what he has entrusted to us for good stewardship. Uh, commandment number eight here, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. This one, I mean, in other words, don't lie. But 
I think, especially when I was young, boy, I, this might have been one of the more difficult commandments. You know, you don't want to you don't want to get yourself in trouble by fessing up um, when you did something wrong as a child. Uh, there are times where you want to make yourself look good. And so you might embellish the truth a little bit. Um, <laughs> this is one of those where I think it can easily carry into adulthood too. You know, you you have to be caught a couple of times in lying to make it re- make you realize that boy, this is just going to lead to worse things if I continue down this path. Yeah, this is <laughs> scripture tells us. You know, the tongue is a very dangerous weapon, uh, the most dangerous of all the weapons we have. Uh, and why is that? Because our tongue can be used to glorify God and to to praise His name, or it can also be used to to cause destruction, destruction so deeply in the world and in the hearts of our neighbor. Uh, so this love for truth, when Jesus comes, He reminds us that He is, or He teaches us that He is the way, the truth, and the life. And when we lie, what we're doing is we're going against Jesus Himself. We we are we are. Uh, we are contradicting the witness to truth that we're called to always give as Christians. So I think for Christians, even more so, this commandment becomes becomes important because if we really believe that Jesus is the truth, uh, is truth itself and comes to reveal that to us, then we are going to hold fast to that truth. And what that means is we're going to be truthful always about other people. We're going to be respectful always of other people. We're not going to use our tongue to tear people down or to to lie and to to witness to something that isn't true, but instead to always lead people to God. Uh, but you're right. I mean, the, the sad part is, is that lying and, and slander and speaking ill of others in any context, it can become so habitual. It can become such a, just an integral part of my conversation and how I talk how I engage with other people, and how, how necessary, how important it is for us to root that out. Uh, Father Matthew, let's give out the phone number again here, 888-914-9149, as we're talking today about the Ten Commandments. This is day two of a three-part series here on The Inner Life, looking at the Ten Commandments, understanding them better, and by us understanding them, Hopefully we are able to live them out better, and by extension, that allows us to know, love, and serve God better as well. And our number here to call into the studio, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. And Father Margaret is calling in from Chicago. Margaret, welcome to The Inner Life. You have a question. Hi. I do. Um, and it's specific to my husband almost. Um, my husband does not like me to be Catholic and he doesn't like me going to church. I go to church, and I lie to him. And then I go into the confession every week, because I go every Saturday, and I have to lie. I'm even lying that, I'm in, in the, that I go to confession. So I'm constantly lying to cover up for the fact that I'm Catholic, I want to be Catholic, I want to stay true to the Catholic teachings, but i got to hide it from my husband. So is it okay to lie when um, to, to keep peace? in my life and, and, and in my marriage. Uh, no, it's not okay, Margaret. And I'm, I'm glad you're calling and, and, and asking because I know the, the bind you find yourself in. But as Catholics, we, we say that we can never do evil to achieve good. And, and a lie is an evil, right? A lie is going against uh, Jesus himself. 
So what's the solution here <laughs> to keep peace in your home, but also to um, also to make sure that you're being spiritually nourished, that you're able to practice your faith? Uh, I think really it's it's addressing the root cause of this, right? If your husband does not realize that it's it's your Catholic faith that makes you who you are, right? It's your Catholic faith that makes you more loving to him, more merciful to him, more present to him. Uh, he's obviously not seeing that because if he knew that, he would want you to be going to Mass more often, right? He'd be want, wanting you to go to confession more often. And there's something in him that is that is resisting your your own faith and what that is i i can't say but to me the real the real solution is to address that that concern that he has to address that unease and anxiety that he has in his heart um and, and then for you to be to be firm and strong with him and to realize well uh I, I need to be honest with him, but I'm also not gonna not gonna avoid going to mass because he he thinks because he doesn't like it. Um, this is part of part of marriage. You have to you have to be firm in these areas that are essential and important. And even when our spouses disagree, you have to first be faithful to your to your conscience and to the teachings of the church. So, Margaret, good question. I'm glad you asked because I I know lots of people who struggle with this telling uh, white lies or telling little lies to try and keep the peace or to try and avoid falling into into trouble in conversation. Uh, but I think the the real solution always is to is to dig deeper, is to find and address the real root causes. And I know that's a lot harder. Right? You've probably tried many times to have that conversation with your husband, maybe without maybe without much uh, much uh, progress. But I would say uh, maybe it's time to give it another shot and to to impress upon him how important this is for you and for your own life. Margaret, thanks so much for your call. And again, our phone number here in the studio, 888-914-9149. As today, we're talking with Father Matthew Spencer, a priest with the Oblates of St. Joseph, discussing the Ten Commandments. And right now, uh, we're on number eight. We're going to come back and talk about the Ninth and the Tenth Commandments in just a moment here. But again, the phone number for you to call in, 888-914-9149, or you can email us, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Commandments 9 and 10 coming up next here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This is The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I'm Josh Raymond. I'm so glad to have you with us for this hour as we're talking about the Ten Commandments. Day two of a three-part series. Yesterday, talked about those first three commandments, the ones that direct us on how to interact, how to worship and love and serve God. And uh, if you missed that conversation, you can find that on our website or on the Relevant Radio app. The website is relevantradio.com. The podcast is posted there. And today's podcast, if you joined us a little late, it'll be available there as well here shortly after the program ends. And again, our studio line to call in 888-914-9149. The email address, innerlife at relevantradio.com. As we're talking with Father Matthew Spencer today, and we're here at our last two commandments, uh, 9 and 10, they both deal with coveting. You shall not covet your neighbor's goods or possessions. And then the 10th, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. And it might be a good thing to talk about a couple of terms that are closely related, but not exactly the same thing here, Father. 
uh, first there's the word covet, to covet something, and that can oftentimes be confused or conflated with jealousy or envy. And while, of course, being envious or jealous of what someone else has is not good, you know, we want to be content with what we have ourselves. Envy simply means that, you know, if if my neighbor has a really large paycheck, well, I'd like to get a large paycheck too. Or if, you know, Steve or Susan, who live just down the road from me, they have that really great car, I'd like a car just like that. But to covet, though, that means I don't want just a car like Steve's. I want Steve's car. I, w- I want to take what he has and I want to make it mine. To, you know, I, I want to gain something by depriving him of that exact same thing. So coveting, it seems to me, it kind of combines the, uh, the, that envy with the sin of stealing. Yeah, it's true. These, these terms are, are very closely related, and we, we could tease out the difference between jealousy and envy and covetousness. But all of them are related to, to being unhappy that somebody else is blessed, right? And whether that's because I want yeah. it for myself or because I want exactly what they have, or a lot of times envy we talk about as, as even a resentment towards the person for what they have. You know, maybe not even so much of the possessions they have, but I'm just, I, I'm, I'm sad because you have stuff, right? Which is just so twisted, but this is how we are as human beings. We just fall into that trap. But yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Covetousness is, is desiring the possessions or the things, or in, in the case of, of the, one of the commandments here is the, the spouse of the other person even, or, or the relationships that another person has. And this is so harmful for us, Josh, because when we fall, when we fall into that, that mode of thinking, we start to imagine that that's, that will make us happy, that what other people have will make us happy, that the desires that really are coming from within me will be satisfied when I finally get the possession that I want or the relationship that I see other people have. Uh, and that's just not true, right? Our our hearts, as St. Augustine says, and as we quote often, our hearts are, are restless until they rest in God, until we have what the Lord desires for us, not what not what we ourselves desire. So I see these these last two commandments, which are which are oftentimes put together in other traditions, in the, the Jewish tradition, for example, commandments nine and ten are combined into one commandment. Um I see these as really important and essential for us to order our lives correctly. Uh, you, you and I were talking yesterday, Josh, about how the commandments help us to order the world and order our lives. And I see commandments 9 and 10, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife and thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's goods. I see these as a very important part of us ordering our hearts and ordering our desires. And to covet uh, is the desire to have what the other person has and that's not that's not good for me it's not it's not the right ordering of my heart uh, you know as as you're talking about this there's also the fact that we have the sixth commandment that deals already with d- adultery if that was clearly stated earlier what why do you think it's emphasized again here in this 10th commandment not to covet your neighbor's wife of course you know this could be for women don't covet another woman's husband. Why do you think there's this similar theme between commandments six and nine? I think because the the deepest part of our hearts, right? The deepest desire that we have is for intimacy. 
we want intimacy ultimately with God, right? We want a relationship with him. Uh, but in our lives as human beings, this, this desire often manifests itself as a desire for intimacy with another person, either in friendship or in a romantic relationship. And because it's such a deep desire of our hearts, it can take a lot of different twisted turns. I mean, it can end up becoming very, very sinful in a lot of different ways. And so I think commandments six and nine, the fact that they're, they're very closely related, of course, there are similarities and, and ways in which they overlap. But I think that, that God was, was in giving us these 10 commandments was pointing out how, how tortuous our hearts, our hearts can be and how important it is to, um, to, to work on, on these areas of our life. First, not falling into the actions of impurity or or uh, fornication or adultery, but also on the other hand, as you pointed out, as in Jesus's Sermon on the Mount, to not even desire, not even lust after another person, but instead to see them as the beloved child of God that God has created them to be. Well, and again, it goes back to that what you were just saying: be content with what God has given you. Mm. But I think that then raises the question: How do you end up? How, how can you, regardless of your circumstances in life, how much or how little you might have, how can you really try and strengthen that sense of contentment? I remember years ago hearing about this, and this was, it really struck me, Father. It was this study that was done on people who earned a certain amount annually for their paycheck. And it was, you know, people who earned 20000 uh, a year, and this tells you how long ago this you know was because that 's a pretty small amount there, but it was people who had earned twenty thousand dollars a year. they would look at people who were in forty thousand and thought well they 're rich. People who earned forty thousand would look at people who earned seventy five thousand dollars a year and say well they 're the ones who are rich you know we 're struggling, but they 're the ones who are rich. People who earned seventy five thousand they would look at people who earned a hundred thousand and they'd say they're the ones who are well off while we're the ones struggling. And it kept on going up until even people who were making $200,000 a year would look at people who made $500,000 a year. And it didn't matter what level it was. It was, it was always that group would look at the next level and say, that's where people are actually really well off. So how do we get out of that? If only I could get to that next level, I'll be good. And just say where I am right now, I am good. I think it's it's one of the paradoxes of of what Jesus reveals to us that when we give we we will actually receive more when we let go of our possessions we will we will gain more maybe not materially but satisfaction in our hearts uh, you know I'm I'm very grateful to my parents Josh who when I was uh, 11 or 12 years old they moved us into the country we were doing fine in in southern california and my dad had a good job and I think our life was pretty good economically, but my parents wanted a simplicity of life. And so we moved into the country. We didn't have television. We didn't have potable water. We didn't have a flushing toilet. We, we had the most simple living conditions that I had ever experienced. And yet that, that made me grateful for the things that we did have. And it strengthened my relationships with my brothers and sisters. And, and I think that, that, the more the more simply we can live, the more we can let go of of possessions. Just paradoxically, we become uh, happier and we become less attached to them 
in general. And I, I would just really encourage our listeners to ponder and consider, maybe you can live your life more simply. Maybe you can let go of possessions that you think will make you happy, the newest phone or computer or car or house or, or luxury vacation. Um, and instead say, wait, maybe, maybe I can find my happiness in a different way. Father Matthew Spencer is our spiritual director. I also want to acknowledge we have been going through a lot of these commandments very quickly because we wanted to be able to address each one of them over these first two days of this three-part series on the Ten Commandments. And we've got a number of people, Father, who are holding on the phones. I would encourage you to call back with your questions. A lot of great questions that we want to dive into tomorrow. Tomorrow is really kind of where the rubber meets the road. We want to talk about practical application of the Ten Commandments and some of those broader understandings of the Ten Commandments. Father, we've got about 10 seconds here for a final blessing for our listeners. Heavenly Father, look with love upon all of our listeners and may Almighty God bless you all, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Again, Father Matthew Spencer will be back with us tomorrow for day number three, the conclusion of our series on the Ten Commandments. And so I hope you'll join us as we talk about the practical application of these commandments we've gone through here over yesterday and today. Again, the podcast of this show and yesterday's show available at RelevantRadio.com or on the Relevant Radio app. Stay tuned. We've got Mass coming up next here on Relevant Radio.